to day 298 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, our second season is the drama of Scripture. We've uh, taken you through the narrative passages of Scripture to tell the unfolding uh, story that Scripture tells. A lot of times we lose sight that there is a singular story by a singular author uh, written through many human uh, authors. Uh, we, we have their personality, their vocabulary, and uh, uh, their quirks, sometimes incorporated in Scripture as well. Uh, but it is one story of God's redemptive purposes in our life from the moment we uh, interclaimed our own autonomy. We talked about this yesterday. We uh, dethroned God, enthroned ourselves. We reserved the right to make the final call for ourselves, what is good and best for us. Mm -hmm. uh, our entire world uh, began to disintegrate because we were created for God. Uh, and God could have you know, brought the whole creation uh, project to an end right there, but he has pursued us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's pursued us all the way you know, to the New Testament, the person of Christ and the cross of Christ. And uh, we're in part of that unfolding story now. Uh, we are in the city of Jerusalem and are reading through Matthew. And, of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees are, are those who are firmly in control of uh, you know, everything in Jerusalem. who uh, have a lot to lose uh, by a kingdom that's going to turn everything upside down or deeply opposing them. And, of course, uh, we, we have here for the first time when Jesus really uh, turns to the crowds and explains the nature uh, of, of their leaders. And this is very much in, in, in accord with the Old Testament prophets who would announce, you know, or Isaiah and Jeremiah both woes on cities uh, for the things that they had done. Here Jesus will announce woes on the religious leaders of the day and, and how they have been the kind of shepherds. You'll remember we read this in Ezekiel who uh, look out for themselves rather than looking out uh, for the people or having concern, you know, the, their, their own well-being rather than the things of God and the hearts of the people. So we come to Matthew uh, chapter 23, strong denouncement of, of the Pharisees, teachers of law, and, and the elders. Uh, before we read, David, do you mind uh, lifting us up? No, let's pray. And Father, we do come to... Um an important passage, um, one that we as church leaders don't want to miss, one as we as your people don't want to miss. And so we ask that you'd be at work opening our eyes to see and to hear, our ears to hear, and that we would not be a people who miss your heart. Um, we would not be a people who, who lead and who shepherd your people in a way that is not consistent with what you desire for your leaders and for your shepherds. And so give us um, give us a deep sense of what it means to be your people um, and to lead your people. And, and we ask you to do that for your glory. And pray all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love a place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and be called rabbi by others. But you're not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. 
nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you've succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, is bound to that oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it, and anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, you blind guides, you string it on a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside they are full of greed and indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourself that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, you brood of vipers. How long will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogue and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all of this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you that you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, incredibly strong you know, denouncements. Yeah. And of course... They were very deserving of the denouncements, you know, that Jesus, you know, places, you know, places on them, and of course, this is everything the prophets, you know, did speak of, and of course, we also, you know, if we're looking honestly in the mirror, you know, see see some of ourselves and some of our own hypocrisies, and sometimes, you know, trying to appear more righteous on the outside, you know, than we really are, and these are you know some pretty. Uh, pretty hard and pretty telling and pretty strong judgments, mm-hmm. but we find in them always, and, and, and God is, is gracious and 
in, in both his blessing and in his judgment. Uh, we find in him always a word of grace, and of course that's the final mm-hmm. word of grace at the end. He, he, after condemning them and uh, talking about their behavior and all those ways, and he said, and, and I have been here all along beckoning you like a mother hen, you know, her, her, her chicks, I would have gathered you on my wing, but you're so unwilling. We've talked about this some, but you know, our, our tendency to read, especially this section in these last few chapters, is to read as if the Pharisees are just enemies that we really have no association with. You know, and, and if we read that way, we miss the warning also to us, and, you know, this warning of hypocrisy. And I mean, everything they do is done for people to see. I mean, how much of our lives do we live? You know, not necessarily yeah. trying to get others to see, but wanting other people to see. And yeah, and wanting to exalt ourselves, and, and Jesus is warning us. You know, if you exalt yourself now, you will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know, there is this desire in us that, that matches the Pharisees. And if we're not careful, you know, we'll do exactly what the Pharisees are doing, but mm-hmm. but pretend that we're not like them at all. And, and so, yeah, we need to hear Jesus's warning, but also His word of grace to us. I think it's a it's kind of interesting when it starts out Jesus talking to the crowd of disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So be careful to do everything they tell you, but don't do what they do. I, I find that kind of interesting. So it's kind of this thing of no, what they have to say, how can you say it? It's they're teaching. I mean, don't don't discount, like don't walk away from everything completely because of the hypocrisy. Listen to it, but be discerning and don't you know, follow what they do. I think that's a fine line. I see sometimes people maybe burned by church leaders and then they just give up and walk away on the whole church well, or they it, give up it, on Jesus. And more to the point, uh, you know, what this is really talking about is respect their position even if you cannot respect their person. Hmm. And, and so he's not necessarily saying embrace their teaching. You know, because earlier he's warned about the yeast of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, and, and by that he means their teaching. But he, he means that they will make demands on you, and, and out of respect for authority, submit to that authority. You know, even when the even when the authority, uh, you know, the authority is is is, is not righteous, uh, and it, it is you know, it is a telling thing. We, uh, you know, there there are a lot of authorities that God has you know, placed over us that will not always be. Right will not always be righteous, and not will not always, you know, have our best interest at heart. But uh, you know, we're still called to respect the authorities, you know, that God has, mm-hmm. you know, God has put in place. And and we don't talk about this much because you know we're a free people living in a free society and part of a free church. Uh, but you know, God has set up authority in our nation, mm. and uh, we are to respect and obey. You know that he's set up authority in the church, and we're to respect and obey that. And he's set up authority in the family, we respect and obey that. And you know, we're never going to find ourselves in a place where we 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 find the perfect government or the perfect church or or the perfect the perfect family. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, the way that we learn how to respect authority, but also be discerning about the character of people that you know that we are dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah although. All the woes are obviously can be very convicting, and you can personalize almost all of them. the The fourth one, starting in verse twenty three, is one that really just stands out. Though you know, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law: 
justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. That's right. And so it's not like, oh, oh he's not worried about this, the, the small kind of easier aspects maybe of following God, which, mm-hmm. but there are these really important ones, this justice, mercy, and you're not mm-hmm. to neglect any of them. Yeah. And so I know I often can so easily just do the kind of simple mm-hmm. things that kind of fit in my schedule or fit in my rhythm and... Yeah. And and I do neglect these things, and and so there is a tension to yeah. to miss it. And, and and you know, but let's face it, giving a tenth of what you have is not an easy thing. Uh, well, a tenth of my deal for, might be for, easy. for most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed some, somebody put some cumin in the offering plate yeah. this last week. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's you know, giving a tenth of your possessions is, is hard because we're so deeply attached to that, and uh, we can feel ourselves, you know, if we've done something like that, to be very righteous. You know, look at me, I've given a tenth of everything I have, you know, in, in all this, and yet we can be very unrighteous. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus is saying it's not an either-or thing. Yeah. It's a both-and thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that you do give of your possessions and that mm-hmm. you seek righteousness and justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we see those summaries of the law, the righteousness and justice and mercy is a reflection of what we talked about yesterday, the greatest command, you know, loving God with all of your heart and your neighbor as yourself yeah. and, and that's where mercy, mercy justice and righteousness mm-hmm. come into play yeah, this is also one of those passages that remind us we, we've talked about this from time to time but God's concerned mm-hmm. not just with external righteousness but heart righteousness you know and, and you look at the Pharisees and it seems like they have the external righteousness you have a man looking at by appearance they look righteous and yet so much of the critique is yeah. you know you, mm-hmm. you're full of this inside you're full of this you know, mm-hmm. outside yeah. you wash the cup sure but the inside's mm-hmm. dirty and yeah. it's the reminder that we need a, a deeper righteousness god sees the heart and, and of course that's what jesus. jesus taught us in the sermon on the mount unless yeah. your righteousness goes well past uh, that of the scribes and the pharisees yeah. you'll not even enter the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and, and of course we had the picture of this in the the fig tree you know from a couple of days ago it had a lot of leaves but no fruit and uh, so there is the appearance of being a healthy tree but there's not the fruit of, of being a healthy mm-hmm. tree yeah. matt what, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer yeah let's pray father we confess to you that we are far more like the pharisees than we want to admit um, mm-hmm. but we thank you for the new heart that we receive in the new covenant. Father, we thank you that you have um, declared us and made us righteous. You have um, given us everything we need for a life of godliness. And, and so, Father, we, we ask that you would continue to um, to move us and cause us to be a people who are concerned with, with justice and mercy and faithfulness, who are concerned with, with the things of God. And, and Father, we, uh, we ask that you would continue to give us a deeper love for you, continue to renew us. Father, help us to to be found faithful. Um, We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.